companies that set out to change the world should stand for something, something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome once again, dear friends, to The Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring unleashing the power of your shadow. Your people think it is disease that makes you ill, my old Lakota teacher stated out of the blue one day while brewing a tincture for bear root for our upcoming Anipi ceremony. He rarely spoke, so I always paid attention to what he said. Well, yeah, I responded, the unspoken duh dripping from my tone of voice. It's not disease, it's absence that makes a person sick, he went on. How so, I asked. You're taught to feel shame for your very nature. Shame causes you to push part of your natural essence into the shadow and pretend it's not there. You're no longer present with that part of your power. It weakens and festers leaving you out of balance and powerless. That's what makes you sick. True to form, no matter how long I pestered him, he said no more on the subject. Over the following years that I worked with him, I realized his shamanic healing techniques were all about bringing a person present with themselves and restoring balance. I also came to understand that his methods were not only non-invasive, but amazingly effective. What did he mean when he said, it's absence that makes us ill? Why are we made to feel shame? 
What was this shadow he spoke of? For that matter, what power do we disconnect from and resulting in illness, and how can we regain it? Our guest this hour may have some light to shed on this very subject. Sergino Magagna, author of Caves of Power, Ancient Energy Techniques of Healing, Rejuvenation, and Manifestation, is a famous Mexican healer who's been initiated in a 5,000-year-old Toltec lineage and Toll lineage of dreaming knowledge. He's been appointed the head of a prestigious project club, UNESCO, the Protection of Intangible Heritage of Ancient Civilization. His website, serginomagana.com. Sergio, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Wilda. Such a pleasure. <laughs> we we had been waiting for this meeting like two months, and I am really looking forward to, yeah, to talk with you and your followers. I'm looking forward to talking to you, too. How did you learn to be a healer? Where did you get your training? Oh, my life. Uh, now I know when. Uh, now I know when it's uh, um, meant it's going to happen because I was raised like in a traditional Catholic family uh, with normal beliefs that took you to the doctor. But my mother used to to work, so my training that I didn't see it like a training started with my nanny because uh, she took care of me and she was the daughter of an indigenous um, healer of a, a community that lived very close to Mexico City. So since I was a child, I saw both things, you know, like sometimes you were taken to the doctor or to the psychologist uh, with my normal mother, but my other mother, my nanny, used these techniques about uh, healing you with, with, with an egg and then reading it or smudging you and many others that she used. So in that way, then I, I saw that there were like two solutions, the traditional medicine and, and the other one that for me worked uh, in a similar way. That was my, my start. And then when I grew up, found other teachers. Mm. Is, is your healing work shamanic in nature? Sorry? Is it shamanic in nature? Yeah. Yeah, uh, normally people call you sham shaman. Uh-huh. Uh, in in the ancient Mexico, you were called like curandero, uh-huh. uh, like the, the typical people from traditional medicine. And uh, the what I learned after when I when I grew up is called nahualism. That Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna have to pick up on that on the other side of a break. Would you say the word again for me? Nahualism. All right, so after this short break, we will take up on now Alisa. This is time for a commercial break. Serangio and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. The X-Zone is based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Mexican healer and author of Caves of Power, Ancient Energy Techniques for Healing, Rejuvenation, and Manifestation, Serangio Mangana. His website, serangiomangana.com. So tell me, we were looking at a third option. There was Kunderos, there's Shaman, and what was the third one you were saying? Now I'll listen. Because shaman is now how the practices are similar, but how is named all over the world. Right. Uh, when it has like similarity. In the ancient Mexico, uh, uh, the, the language that was spoken before Spanish, uh, before the conquest, was Nahuatl. That it was spoken by Aztecs, by Toltecs, and that. And Nahualism uh, comes from a word that is Negua, that means I. So actually, if we see it from the etymology, it is like the science of who I am. And it it had a lot of practice, not only healing. It was like, like you said in the beginning, that was so interesting. Exploring uh, your inner self that actually the shadow, how you called it for, for us, was named the cave. And then your dreams... Then men, uh, then healing practices, so that you could get to the uh, to the pre- uh, precious, uh, precious knowledge. So it was such a complete body of knowledge, but that always started in, in what was named like the cave that is your inside, and seeing how that relationship between your inside uh, created your outer life, and these things that that probably in the modern times we don't want to see. Uh, including our dreams, because normally people don't look at them, and how does that relate with what uh, with your life? Mm, okay, so um, how do you view illness in your practice in relationship to the caves? Uh, illness. Uh, the cave was like divided like in many many things. It was it has like many layers for the ancient ones, that Orwell named. Um, there were part like of academics things was uh, think is a god, the Scatlipoca that means smoking mirror, but it comes from 
the the definition of the one that is creating yourself is the first step of the of the cave so you take complete responsibility about you then the idea that you have of yourself then the story that you think you have lived because if the only reality is movement so it's only held by your mind then your sexual energy of course uh, we also have the something that is very important for the for the ancient tradition the what is called the jowl or the enemy the inner enemy the part of us that sabotage us that creates problems and uh, like that also one that we call the parasite that is that inner voice that could be telling you this is impossible you are too old yeah you are not beauty or beautiful or or whatever and then any problem that that you create is like a, a mixture from all these aspects of the cave that could uh, could develop into or addictions or psychological problems or physical problems uh, like that so um, actually i found it very advanced for an ancient uh, wisdom that in order to 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 heal it's it's like to begin solving all these layers. It sounds like you're speaking of uh, the different chakras. Are the caves located in the different chakras in the chakric system? Yeah, there is a relationship between the caves and the, in 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 Nahuatl we say Totonalcayo, that is like it means like spot of energy, and these caves um, relate to. Uh, of course, the entire system is like inside us but relates to the seven portals for example in the the first one for the ancient mexicans was located in the coccyx it was named colotl that means a scorpion and it's related to the ancestral patterns the things that have been re repeated in your family again and again and that made you uh, be born in a certain bloodline that okay, is, so this is like the the lineage, the DNA, the the frequency of our lineage. Yeah, yeah, that actually okay. DNA is a, is a very modern word. The ancient ones call it uh, like ancestral ancestral courses, actually, because they they were repeated every certain generation in the in in the in the family, and then you must look look up there because one of the most important practices is of the tradition is ancestral healing. Mm -hmm. Because if the ancestors are not like released, are really uh, are healed, then people in the family will keep uh, repeating it. And if you are repeating one pattern of of one ancestor, then is to try to track that ancestor to heal him or her, and then you free yourself and then the members of the family. So is this like um, I've noticed, well, even in my lineage, um, so my son was born and he didn't have any contact whatsoever with his great-grandfather because his great-grandfather had always already passed before he was born. However, his mannerisms, uh, his tendencies were almost identical in certain regards. Is, is this where that's coming from? Exactly. For example, chronicity that you say. Uh, that because exactly all my tendencies and my problems came from my great grandfather exactly, and I didn't know because those are things like I never met him, that you never that people normally families don't talk about, 
and are, are just there. When I started like looking into traditions, so I began asking my my mother, my grandmother, okay, how was him and the ones that he knew, and then I saw like many many things of of his personality that were repeated in me, and then I found okay, it is kept like three generations, but then came in me. And then I began doing like healings to, to him uh, in the way the tradition say, uh, does it, that there are many. And after I did, I did like certain healings on him, it began like uh, minim uh, being minimized in my personality. And then uh, it was all finally. So I totally believe because I have experience and then I I was looking in other members of the family and then you see you see okay three generations uh, have this tendency or that uh, it's fascinating at the same time when you don't know it it's kind of uh, like being trapped because it's so difficult to to escape from, from your lineage but at the same time, if, if we're able to recalibrate or reprogram, you know, take responsibility for our own expression and reprogram it, does it then change our, the, what we're leaving our descendants? Yes, of course. Uh, for example, if I broke what was happening in my great-grandfather, then it's broken for the next ones. Oh, that's so many so many of our traditions say, you know, until the seventh generation, the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the sons. And that's what they're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So the healings uh, of the fathers can be then visited upon the sons and daughters. Yeah. For example, I have just done a pilgrimage to Mexico because we have like the Day of the Death uh, mm -hmm. feast like last week. And we're, we're people from all the world. And we started the first uh, three days about healing the ancestors. And we were doing like healing of seven generations exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in order to break the patterns for from the family to free the ones that... Um, that that come next, and for example, I am sure of that because I um, I know how I grew up. I saw how my my siblings are and were at that time uh, when we were young. And now I see because I don't have children yet, but I see their 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 sons and daughters, and they look a lot healthier and more balanced that way we are. So I think that all the ancestral uh, uh, work that my mother, me, other brother had, uh, have been doing, it's really reflected. So I see it by experience. I said, okay, we were a lot more complicated at that time than them. Well, you know, what, what I see going on here is, um, you know, we, we understand that, again, through DNA, we pass down our genetics, et cetera, et cetera. But you're talking like a frequency healing that affects people that aren't in your direct line, like a son or a daughter. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's uh, for the ancient ones that was um, inherited by the blood. And yet it's it's got to be kind of almost esoteric because you're not you're not direct blood lineage your healing is having effect on your relations that aren't your offspring um how does that work of course it will it will it will make you attract a certain type of people relate you in in certain way and for the ancient what's called the invisible prison of the moon 
because the moon for the ancient was changing and was kind of a, an illusion because it's the mirror of the sun. So it was a very poetic way of calling it because it's something that is hidden, but that is influencing you. Okay. So that's that wa- that's why it was like the for the ancient Mexicans the first like Tonalcayo the one of the base, and it's called the scorpion because if you know the scorpions sometimes they hurt themselves, so it is like a, a characteristic of sometimes hurting yourself and hurting yourself and it's the first thing that you must overcome, in order to be able to move to the to the next Tonalcayos that if if we see all of them they describe the entire pattern of the cave. So are these tonalcayos, are you talking about like the root chakra and then up to the orange and, and so on? Uh, they have different colors. Ah, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, the first one in the for the ancient Mexicans was black. Okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's related to, to that uh, energy that we call the black Tezcatlipoca, that is related uh, to the unconscious. And is the first thing that we must uh, solve. That's why Noahualism is also because it is said that in the way that we dream, it's also an inheritance from ancestral patterns. Of course, probably it's like living the same stories with different archetypes. Got it. So, so you're subject to it because you're not aware of it. No, no. And then, for example, probably my great-grandfather uh, also dreamt a lot of violence. And probably in his time, violence was like represented by cowboys. And, but it's the same story, and probably I am repeating the same pattern, but the archetype of modern times probably could be a very violent video game or something like that, which, which, uh, in which I dream, but then it, it gives like a similar um, effect in, the, in your life, mm-hmm. because for the ancient ones, also dreams were creating your life. Right. And dreams are inherited by ancestors. So it is like uh, uh, an action of healing the ancestors and then uh, changing the way in, your, in what you in which you dream. Wow, that's fascinating. So um, this is new to me: the ancestors and their relationship to your dreams. We have just a few minutes left here, so um, I'd like to pick up on that on the other side. But what you can get started: how do the ancestors relate in your dreams? Uh, of course, when you uh, have advanced a lot in your dreams, you can even, uh, because uh, death is very similar to dreams. So you can even call them and ask for advice and that. That is like in, a, in an advanced way. But well, we're the- going we're gonna have to pick up on the other side, like I promised, because it is time for a short pause. Sergio and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so don't go away. We're just getting into death and dreams. <laughs> We're coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, where new and exciting things are always afoot. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creating solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Mexican healer and author of Caves of Power, Ancient Energy Techniques for Healing, Rejuvenation, and Manifestation, Sergio Mangana. SergioMagana.com is his website where you can find out about him, find out more about him and his books. Uh, we were just getting into some fun subjects, real cheery ones like death and ancestors and <laughs> dreams. So how do your ancestors affect your dreams and how can we work with that? Uh, yeah, like I was telling you, we inherit many, many patterns, but... Uh, at least in the ancient Mexican tradition, we know that, for example, now for science, DNA uh, gives this inheritance and that. For for the ancient tradition, um, the first thing that you inherit are the dreams, and then the dreams create the reality, because it's like halfway between uh, the energetic world and the physical world. So, uh, for example, if my great-grandfather... Um, had like the same tendencies that me, uh, it means that he dreamt in a similar way than me. Of course, with his own archetypes and like that. Like, that's why it can be in a modern way, like for example, to be escaping from something that, that creates fear. Probably for him, it was escaping for from a cowboy, like I told you, or an uh, ancient thief. And uh, for me, it would be escaping from an ovni or something like that. But it will be like the similar emotions and stories in the dream that then will be reproduced in your life. There are two ways of of changing that. Of course, if you also what you do in your life influence your dreams. But if you don't know about this program, then you begin repeating the same things. So the the uh, your wake uh, your wake awake life fits the same type of dreams, and then the dreams fit that. And it's kind of being like trapped. So is it is this a matter of reprogramming our dreams, reprogramming our thoughts um, so that we can rewrite our story? Yeah. For example, uh, when I began in this um, in the tradition uh, after the nanny, because the nanny was only about healing and solving like headaches and and these kind of things. But for me, it was like a start and to have a lot of respect. But when I found my uh, my my teachers of Nawalism and the tradition that it, it was like that that word became like a little bit famous in the world because of Carlos Castaneda. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I found my teacher that I had to Hugo and Charlotte, he told me something. The one that doesn't remember his or her dreams is like a living death because has no control of his or her waking state. So in that time, I was quite a a little bit like kind of offended uh, uh, because I was totally in the group of the living death. Mm -hmm. So I told him, but of course, it's so important what you think, what you do, what you eat all these kind of things. And then he answered, but all of that depends of what you dream. <laughs> okay. 
And I couldn't say no because uh, I hadn't experienced it. I, I wasn't doing room recall, nothing like that. And of course, I knew the importance that from dreams from Freud and Jung. So I said, okay, probably it's not that out of, uh, so far out from reality. But then when I began like, like practicing seriously and begin having like dream recall and in the way that he showed me how to uh, interpret them and what was creating that, uh, I, I began seeing that, is, that that was truth. That sometimes, when, for example, to put you, because in the ancient tradition there wasn't psychology, there are very concrete things like the language of the four elements. When you dream about water, then it's going to happen like um, emotional trouble or, or something like that. And then I began watching that uh, then every time that I dreamt with water, then I had like a small or great drama in my life that it began uh, making sense. And that the effect from dreams happened like um, from one uh, day to nine months because it, has, it is related to pregnancy. Okay, so let, let, me, let me interrupt you for just a second. I want to see if I've got this right. From what you're saying about dreams, you know, some people say, well, you have precognitive dreams because uh, then you dream something and then it happens. But this sounds like this is backwards of that. It happens because you dream it. Yeah, that's, that's totally the, like the first principle of the tradition. First you dream it and, and then it happens. And so you must be very aware and there are many practices to try to, to break the pattern in which you dream to begin putting certain archetypes that are in the collective unconscious with the things that you want to create. And then if it's possible to enter in that the ancient ones call it flower dream, but it's, uh, that would be like lucid dream, that to be aware that you are dreaming when you are dreaming and to begin that for modern science that will be called super lucidity to begin interacting with the dream and creating solutions for what you want to create. So then you're at the quantum level creating what you want rather than just writing it, writing what's been created by your ancestors before you. Yeah, because for example, if I am creating, for example, uh, the same violent dream, no, that it could be whoever, people fighting, whatever. If I wake up in my dream, and then I see, okay, this is violence. This is against the, the the dream of the earth. Because, and then probably I can say, rain now in the dream. That means purification, and make those two people uh, that are fighting, if I am included or not, it doesn't matter, uh, in the dream, to make peace. And then that will create a direct influence in in my in my life. Ah, so you're using archetypes or the frequency of archetypes in your dream state to alter the frequency to change your life. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. How, how has your healing practice changed your perception of the world around you? A lot. First, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First, I, I uh, was aware uh, of what I'm telling you. The importance of... Altered states that are that are uh, that you can get uh, into them through your breathings, and to enter in a state that is close to dream, that is called ensoñación, dreaming while awake, 
and how you can move reality in in uh, in bueno, what we call reality, uh, our waking state, in that in in, in those states, in order so it's to a create state, yes, yeah. Uh, for the ancient Mexicans, like I said, they called it. Uh, it's more effective in dreaming, but if you are not able to do dreaming, dreaming, it's called insomnia, dreaming while awake. That are certain ways of slowing the heart, slowing the heart, uh, but with your intent to cross through the four states that that it will happen. They will happen um, when you fall asleep. That is to right, be so you're changing, changing your brain waves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually uh, in the in my first publishing uh, Italian uh, because I have three books. The first one was published by an Italian. Publishing house, they are doing like um, uh, an, a study of of different traditions uh, and the effect that they have in the brain. And they asked me to do my practice while I was having a EEG. Mm-hmm. And I, then I did like, like the ancient practice of um, slowing the heart and feeling heavy, then stiff and rigid, that is like entering in the dream paralysis, but consciously. Mm-hmm. Then that is making your temperature drop, that is mm-hmm. cold. And then finally to hear, uh, without losing the consciousness, how the rhythm of your breath changes to the one that you have when you are uh, sleeping, that sometimes is amazing because you even hear yourself snoring and you haven't lost consciousness. And then from there you begin practicing. And the result was that I was in certain, uh, in, the, in the delta waves, mm-hmm. that means deep sleep. That normally is not even dreaming, but I was totally conscious that right. now they are finding in some spiritual uh, traditions, uh, practices that they get, uh, get, get you to these uh, delta uh, waves, like totally boosted, and they call them now delta awake, and are just to be reconsidered like epsilon, because uh, they say that they are like the closest to stillness. And in that state of mind, that I learned, like I told you, from a tradition of thousands of years, is where you can begin also creating. Uh, for example, if you need healing, the ancestral uh, archetype of healing, the serpent, or like that. And to be guiding uh, the people through these states and getting, not in all of them, because I think there is no medicine, a healer that works for 100%, but in a huge average, amazing things that sometimes... Uh, even uh, are done in things that consciousness, uh, social consciousness, science, and and stereotypes think are impossible. So for me, it was like really like the confirmation that there is a major energy that that can bring. Any, because I am I, I will never say I have the complete truth, uh, but that that there are many ways that to to get there, and to change your life. And do you do this work on behalf of others as well as, as self work? I started like a healer, uh, so I I was giving like one to one sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after certain years and when I started writing books and, and going all over the world, 
uh, teaching so i don't really have like the time to 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 uh, to have uh, to give it continuously to to certain clients because some of them need uh, more sessions so now i'm not doing one to one i did it a lot but i teach uh, the people how to do it in the in themselves and for example i also give like uh, a program of a healing school so that the people know how to do it one by one so so in other words you teach people how to do it for themselves but you also teach practitioners yeah 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 I have just finished one in London. I have done many in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, how to, uh, how to become a practitioner of this. Fascinating. Well, um, I really want to get into that on the other side of a break. We're going to have to go into a break pretty soon. But um, how long did you practice uh, one-on-one as a, as a healer? Like um, 10 years, I think. Did you find that the people that you worked on had to believe in what you were doing, or did it work one way no. or the other? That was like one of the most uh, incredible things for me, like was a great lesson also, because I had so many people, because I was uh, like, uh, before traveling uh, to many countries, I was like in the open radio in Mexico City, in a very mainstream station. So I had like thousands of people, sometimes in workshops and in, in healings, like a long waiting list. So many times well, we're going to we're going to have to take that threatened break and pick up with this on the other side. Of so course. before we pause, let me remind you to check out the amazing upcoming galactic shamanism classes for both children and adults on findyourpathhome.com. Sergio and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your recess source to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners. You can email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would enjoy hearing them. Our guest this hour is Mexican healer and author of Caves of Power, Ancient Energy Techniques for Healing, Rejuvenation, and Manifestation, Sergio Mangana. His website is sergiomangana.com. We were getting into what it's like to be a healer, and you're saying that you you, um, have worked on thousands of people, and sometimes more than one at once is what I was understanding you to say when we were just closing the last segment out. Um, I understand that that you're one of the first ones to bring this out of an oral tradition. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, the word Nahual was uh, popularized uh, in the world because of Carlos Castaneda. Uh, then, uh, but I found my, my own two teachers of the oral tradition, so the practices are different, but they have certain similarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, one of my teachers told me after 2010 there will be an eclipse and after that the ancient tradition is going to be spread you will be one of the ones you will start by Italy then the UK exactly like it happened so it was like uh, and then I asked him how did you know he told me of course I dreamt it and because my teacher told me that it has to start by Italy because uh, we think that our culture was kind of destroyed by the Spanish but it was really uh, this uh, the base in the Vatican, so we we will start by there. So that's why I have been being one of the first of taking this out this lineage, because there are many other things that uh, that are going around about Mexico, like the four agreements or things like that. But like the dreaming lineage and the way of healing with that, in this way. So I think I am one of the first, and there will be many others coming. I think. So what what was the purpose of it being an oral tradition only up until now? Because in the ancient times, it was just taught to rulers, warriors, and the ones that were named Tlamakaskis, like priests. Mm-hmm. Then after the conquest, uh, these people were really like chased. And many, many, many were killed for this kind of practices. So mm-hmm. it began being like forbidden. Then the culture totally changed and was um, because it was taught like the the ancient Mexicans were like primitives and savages and that. So that even the people, even from the uh, three generations of the indigenous communities lost the interest, thinking it was something uh, bath and the Catholic Church put that it was like a sin. And so it, it began like... Uh, like uh, an oral tradition to be preserved into few people and but there was even like the 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 prophecy of the last Aztec ruler that in his last speech that is is famous and is uh, uh, he said uh, hide our treasure transmitted from fathers to sons and from mother to daughters and from master to student because with the sixth son it will come back Mm-hmm. The six sons, the sons are periods of thousands of years, mm-hmm. and we were like in the fifth, and now we are just in the transition to the sixth. So I think there was like this group of keepers that kept it alive while it was the time, 
And now, for example, I'm seeing that even in Mexico, it's increasing a lot, the interest, and in all the world for what was before. Right. So I think you know, it was... There, there's a, a lot of traditions that speak of this, this same prophecy, basically, that, that the, the knowledge was separated into four pieces and take, taken for safekeeping into the four corners of the world. But there would come a time when it needed to be released so that it could all come back together so truth could be known. Are we in those times, and if so, why? Uh, for the ancient uh, Mexican calendar, that is called the Aztec calendar, but it's not really Aztec. Okay, the sunstone that is famous worldwide was carved by the Aztecs, but it's an inheritance from that comes from cultures that were uh, a lot before, uh, mm -hmm. mixed Toltecs and that. So the long count is of 26,500 years, and um, that is actually the count of the procession of equinoxes, and mm -hmm. it was split into periods of four, because for the ancient Mexicans, to complete a cycle, you always need four, like four phases of the moon or four main moments of the day or two solstices and two equinoxes to complete a cycle. Right. So the long count was split into that. And uh, so it gives you periods of 6,625 years. So we are finishing one of those periods and we're entering in the next uh, if the, the change started in 1991 and will finish in 2021. So when Cuauhtémoc, the last ruler, said, keep it for the sixth sun, is exactly now. And now is when carriers are opening and all the movement is being like starting because then the sixth sun will, will last like 6,000 years, more than 6,000 years. But it's the starting of the opening and to rescue these practices because actually uh, they work and they yeah. can they, they can be life-changing so Sergio do you think that we could by using these practices um, and this isn't the only one I mean it's beautiful the ones that are emerging from the ancient times do you think we can dream a new world I think yes uh, for example there are very advanced practices in which you do ceremony in the dream in the dream uh, time and for the ancient, uh, uh, they said that the, the dream is... Then we need to create a certain people that know to do it in order to create enough energy. Uh-huh. So we're working together as teams in our sleep. Is that what you're saying? Uh, in, in this situation, it could be. And also in the waking state, in what you do and that. But yeah, working together in the dreams will be, will be really, really powerful. And actually, I believe that collective conscious, uh, collective change comes from individual changes and that we have to start by ourselves. And then if you begin changing, then you influence your family because all the family began begin changing. And then you begin finding like your team of, of, of light and, and help in the world. And then you can begin doing ceremonies and like that to begin... I think first balancing all the crazy times that we're living and then to try to create a better a better one. So you say we start by uh, healing our ans ourselves and then our ancestral line. And our ancestors, and with that is uh -huh. huge. And, and then we can move on into soul teams. Yeah, I think so. See, because many people think about first about the collective, but if your life is still like totally... So I always tell the people, please, start with you, start with your ancestors, then you are healing a community 
of uh, I don't know how many are in your lineage, but that's a start. Then many, some of your lineage will see the changes and will join. Then there will be others that will be doing for certain families, and then it will keep, begin spreading. And it's kind of like it starts really building momentum, doesn't it? Because the yeah. more the more um, group you get involved, the more power behind the movement. Yeah, I think it's like creating the, the base of a pyramid, the first floor. Got it. Got it. Pretty fascinating. And you say this is supposed to run through 2021? Yeah, the transition between the 5th to the 6th. That actually, for the tradition, they were saying that for you, between 2012 to 2021, there were going to be like the more conflictive uh, part of the transition, because many things of the previous order need to be destroyed in order to enter to the to the new one. That actually, if we see the world, I think it's truth. This particular past years have been a little bit turmoiled, and then we will be entering like in. In a new sun, new rules that they it won't be immediately. It will it will have like time to develop, but uh, the main characteristic of the new sun is like you are looking inside. Inside is your underworlds where your mind is trapped. Uh, you will be looking of the creator. You are inside instead only in religions and outside in medicine from inside and also in your dreams because it's not only about dreaming it's a complete huge uh, body of knowledge uh, so it's that, a total shift we're inside out and backwards of where we're going yeah because the the past sun was uh, like being awake is awake dreaming so when you're awake you're seeing outside so god is outside so it's very good for religions satisfaction is outside where we're always looking at people and that medicine is outside even from plants and from doctors therapists and that the new rules of the new period are you is like being sleeping you close your eyes so you have to look inside and find new solutions mm-hmm. i'm all about some new solutions aren't you <laughs> yeah uh yeah because if you see Many of the uh, of the old solutions, if we can call it like that, are not working anymore. People are mm-hmm. starting crises or uh, or having uh, health issues and that. So it's the time to to look for new things that weren't available. The information was like like you said, hidden. In well, I'm. All about new things, but unfortunately, we're out of time. Sergio, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for for you, Wilda. I really enjoyed it. It was such a deep conversation. Thank you, dear. Our guest this hour has been Mexican healer and author of The Caves of Power, Ancient Energy Techniques for Healing, Rejuvenation, and Manifestation, Sergio Magana. His website, sergiomagana.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the first to receive our thought-provoking, topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones. May you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as we dream a new world.